All right, if you have your Bibles, open to Romans chapter 12. But before I say that, I found a, a freedom prayer that came from a common prayer book uh, back in the 70s, 1979, the year I graduated from high school. And I just thought that this prayer just said what this holiday season is so much about. I think it's easy to get caught up in the burgers and the dogs and the firecrackers, and we kind of forget this incredible privilege of freedom, man, especially the freedom to worship. Um, we, don't, we've, we don't force our way or our understanding on anybody else, and we live in a country where that's reciprocal. There's no, there's no forced way of no forced religion. It's just us trying to find him, come to know him. And I put this prayer on the screen just so you could follow along as I pray. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, in whose name the founders of this country won liberty for themselves and for us and lit the torch of freedom for nations then unborn, grant that we and all people of this land may have the grace to maintain our liberties in righteousness and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. I love that. Freedom, liberty. Now, I'm really, I share the sentiment that Nathan had too. Very, very thankful that we're all here together, whether it be online or physically. Matt, Casey, Jason, Camille, Chris, and Kate outdid themselves last Sunday night. You guys, they cooked 40 pounds of fish, 60 pounds of potatoes, and fed over 100 people. And besides that, seven, that was just the tip of the iceberg. Let me tell you the really good stuff. I mean, that was incredible. Best fish I've eaten. But seven people went public with their confession, and they were baptized into Christ. And six of those seven are our own. Jennifer, would you stand where you are over here? And Kate, back there, stand where you are. Everybody look. Uh, Jessica, is Jessica here today? Shauna's Jessica? She's not here today. Uh, Kim, Kim, stand where you are. Along with Marshall. I think Marshall might be back with the kids. And Braden, where's Braden? And he's out helping them too. Now, with that said, you guys may be seated. As this week progressed... Our vacation Bible school under Sierra's leadership, as was already recognized, and a whole host of volunteers taught many young hearts about how wide, <laughs> how long, how deep, and how high. I think I'm just set up. How high, how deep is the love of Christ? Ephesians 3, 8, 10. I mean, it's drummed into us. We got it. We got that message. So for all of our fish fry servants and all of our VBS servants, one more rounding, I mean, applause with all you got. Okay, here we go. <laughs> all right. Okay, this sermon series that we're wrapping up today has been exactly what we've just recognized. The Bible talks about give honor to whom honor is due. It's been about raising up a spiritual antenna 
so that all can better identify and know the will of God. That's why we send our kids to that spiritual summer camp every year. And that's why we feed people down at the lake once a year. And that's why we take some days in the summer so that our kids will associate vacation fun with learning about Jesus. We think that knowing and following God's will is the epitome of life, of life, of experience, of human life, of what, what this is that we're going through here, this waiting place until we're taken someplace else. It is our ultimate goal and aim to hear God's voice and to submit to his will. That's why this culminating phrase on this passage that we've been using throughout this series really kind of pulls this together. Look again at our verse. If you've got your Bibles or your phones, whatever, it's on the screen too. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The only response that makes sense to this God of mercy is that we would spend our lives saying, okay, whatever you want, I sacrifice it all. You've, you've done this, you're coming back to get me, you're preparing a place for me, you got it. Here's my living sacrifice. Specifically, he says that we would be nonconformists to the world, to the world and I think I made up a word, we'd be renewalists in our mind, and then this morning, that we'd be, we would be analysts to God's will. Did you know that God has actually called you to test and approve what is good and pleasing and perfect. I mean, in a way that we're called to be analysts, specifically about what's most important in this life. The whole purpose behind sacrificial living and nonconformity to the world and mind renewal transformation is so that we will be able to understand and accept God's will, God's story, his plan, what he wants. And he wants us to be able to test and prove that will. The reason is because we all have a choice. You are not in some kind of a track with no wiggle room. No, no, no. You, you actually have within you the power to choose what track you want to go on. And we all can either choose to seek God and his righteousness first, or we can choose not to test and approve what God's will is. But you guys, if we don't choose to test and approve what God wants, then you know what happens? We will be deceived by the kingdoms of the world. We'll get so out of whack, we won't even know. What's up? Did you know there's actually a, a passage that says they called things that were right wrong and they called things that were wrong right? Does that sound faintly familiar? We live in a world that's all upside down in what is good and right. It's because there's a deception. And without this desire to test and approve what God's will is, we'll be deceived. And you know, your father, the one who created you, he doesn't want you to be deceived. He wants you to see truth. 
And your sacrificial life, your nonconformity to this world, your mind renewal and transformation will block the evil deceptions and will reveal God's pleasing, good, perfect will. Some people are not interested in God's will because they have been deceived into thinking only about their will and what they want. And this is so recognizable. You see it so quick in someone. You know, there's a proverb that says, blessed is he who receives instruction. Have you ever been around anyone who... If anybody gave them a suggestion, they just, whoa, I mean, it was like anathema. Do not try to teach me. <laughs> you instruct me. No. Guy was out at the golf range, and he was hitting some balls. And the pro came out with another guy, an older guy, and the pro was obviously going to give this older guy a lesson. And they came right next to the mat where this guy was practicing. And the guy thought, oh, this is perfect. I'll listen to the pro teach this guy, and I'll get a free lesson because I'm right next to him. So the pro started giving some suggestions, and this man who was paying for the lessons immediately began interrupting the pro, saying, although this is what I did wrong, this is what I need to do right. And the pro offered another suggestion. And before the pro even got his suggestion out, the, the guy said, oh, no, no, this, this is what I'm doing wrong. This is what I need to do right. Pretty quick, the pro stopped teaching and this man just kept hitting, spraying them all over the place, saying everything that he was doing wrong and what he needed to do right. And the pro just started nodding. Yeah, yeah. Didn't say a thing. Just let the guy, went on an hour of this. This guy just talked and sprayed the ball all over the place. Well, after a little bit, the lesson was over. The guy, the old man pulled out his money, gave it to the pro, and the pro put it in his pocket, and the old man took off. And here was this guy over here watching the whole thing. So it was just him and the pro now. And he looked at that pro and he said, you gave him a couple of suggestions, but he interrupted you and he didn't take anything. And then you just started nodding in agreement with everything he said. And you knew what he was saying was wrong. Well, why did you just keep agreeing with him? And the fellow said, you know, I've learned a long time ago that it's a waste of time to sell answers to someone who wants to buy echoes. You live in a world that really wants you to echo what they're peddling. They want you to imitate and regurgitate anything that they say. And so God is coming to say, no, test and approve. To see what really is good and right. I'll show you. Sometimes being able to test and approve what's right is even easier than you think. I think sometimes we make this really, really complicated. And we try to, we try to say, oh, knowing God's will, following him, oh, what a mystery. <laughs> Come on, people. Deep down inside of you, you know there is a foundation, a moral fiber inside of you that your creator, he gave you. you it's there. Now, you can be deceived, and you can walk in la-la land and try to imitate what you're hearing in the world around you. But if you test and approve, knowing what's right, it's a lot easier than you think. Look at this. There's a true story about a man who was a guest on a submarine. And before they set out into the waters, 
he asked the officer in charge if there were any special regulations to be observed during these exercises before they put out into the deep. The guest was relaying this to a reporter. And the guest said, well, I was puzzled when the officer replied by asking me how good my mental arithmetic was. And he went on to explain the golden rule of submarine service. This is what the captain told the guest. He said, one of the most important things to remember on board a submarine is to count how many times we dive and then how many times we surface and then divide that number by two and if there's one left over, don't open the hatch. <laughs> I think it's a lot more simple a lot of times to test and approve what God's will is than, than what we might be willing to admit. We need to make this clear. The late James Montgomery Boyce used to have a radio program known as the Bible Study Hour. He passed away in the year 2000. And he had prepared this brochure that compared the world's thinking with Bible teachings. And he focused on, maybe, on mainly six areas. Those six areas were God, humanity, the Bible, money, sex, and success. Those six areas. And the differences between the world's thinking and the Bible's teaching, obviously, is pretty clear. Look at the screen. Here's some on the world's thinking. I matter most, and the world exists to serve me. Whatever satisfies me is what's important. Another one of the world's thinking. If I earn enough money, I'll be happy. I need money to provide security for me and my family. family. Financial security will protect me from hardship. That's worldly thinking. Another one. Anything is acceptable as long as it doesn't hurt another person. Here's another one. Success is the path to fame, wealth, pleasure, and power. Look out for number one. Okay. Now, in contrast, here's some biblical teaching principles. God is in control of all things and has a purpose for everything that happens. Man exists to glorify God. Money cannot shield us against heartbreak, failure, sin, disease, or disaster. And success in God's kingdom means humility and service to others. See, the problem is, in this process of moving more into the likeness of Christ, we still have a bunch of the world in us. So that's why when we read some of the things that the world thinks, we kind of go, yeah, yeah, I got that right. I can be what I want and do what I want. <laughs> and, and then when we read some of the things that the Bible teaches, well, because we still have some of the world in us, we read those things, and I, I don't find those quite as appealing. <laughs> Thus the emphasis on not conforming to the world. But the real motivation behind the testing and proving of God's will is not found in rule-keeping. It's not found in biblical principles. These are great, and they're wonderful, and we should learn them. But that's not where it's found. It's not found in the rules. It's found in finding a relationship. This is the greatest blessing in existence. 
this fantastic, all-powerful, supreme being can be known. You can walk and talk with him. In the morning, in the garden, in the cool of the eve, throughout your day. Henry Ward Beekner, a Beecher said, the strength and the happiness of a man consists in finding out the way in which God is going and going in that way. Do you know why, why happiness is found in going God's way? It's not because of the way. It's because of who you're traveling with in that way. It's not the path we follow. It's the person on the path that we're privileged to go with. One day a grandfather told his grandson, I'm leaving to go on some errands. You want to come? And without missing a beat, no hesitation, that grandson said, yeah, let's go. And the granddad said, well, I didn't tell you where we're going or how long we'll be gone. And the grandson replied, well, Grandpa, as long as I'm with you, I don't care where we're going or how long we're gone. Are some of us still convinced that becoming a disciple of Christ is taking the 10 things that you like to do and you stop doing them and taking the 10 things that you hate to do and start doing them. Do some of you actually still believe that deception? That's not what being a disciple is. In fact, that couldn't be farther from the truth. The truth is God is more. Walking with God, coming to know God is more than anything the world has to offer. But how are we ever going to know that if we don't try to get to know Him? If we never test and approve to find out that he is really good and he is really pleasing and he is really perfect. Father, open our eyes. We ask it again and again and again. Show us the truth. Let us not be deceived. Raise up the spiritual antenna so that we can know your will, your good, pleasing, perfect will. Whatever it takes, Father, we ask this in Jesus' name and amen.